0: The first time I ever heard the word Antichrist was after I was born again in 1975 and began attending church. The people at the church group were speaking of Antichrist, and I said, what's that? And someone said, well, in in the end, Antichrist uh, will appear. And they began saying, some think Antichrist is Henry Kissinger, who was one of the leaders of the uh, government at that period of time. And when I heard them speak about Antichrist, I said, well, looks like a lot of people would have thought it was Hitler. And they said, oh, no, it couldn't be Hitler because Antichrist comes speaking peace. Well, they didn't know much about Hitler. Hitler is, was not the Antichrist of Second Thessalonians 2 because Paul tells us that Antichrist comes through the church and it's in the form of a spirit in many humans inside the church, especially ministers who fall away from Scripture and set up other doctrines in the church. Anyway, Hitler was not the Antichrist described by paul of second thessalonians chapter 2 but the way these women were speaking of antichrist i thought it might be hitler and they said no because hitler uh, antichrist comes speaking peace well they didn't know much about hitler because the main thing hitler did is come speaking peace and then all the time he spoke peace he was planning on how to destroy the individual nations and take their land. Nevertheless, the governments of men is not where we look for Antichrist. We look for Antichrist in the churches. And not only that, there was not just one Antichrist. The apostle John said there were many Antichrists even in his day there were already many antichrist 1 john chapter 2 verse 18 john says little children it is the last time and as ye have heard that antichrist shall come even now are there many antichrist whereby we know that it is the last time. There were already many Antichrists in the time of the Apostle John, as we see in 1 John chapter 2. And it was going to be in the church. I've never heard anybody at those churches speak this, but this is what the Bible says. Also in the Bible, the Apostle Peter shows that he knew Antichrist would come into the churches after his death. Paul is speaking to the elders of the church of Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, verse 29. Start there. For I know this, said Paul, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. They're going to enter into the church. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Then in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, we should clearly see Antichrist was coming through the churches. Look what Paul says. Verse 3 and 4 Let no man deceive you by any means for that day of the Lord shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God Sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Sitting in the temple of God, not in the governments of men, in the temple of God. The falling away had to come before Jesus returned, says Paul. That day of the Lord shall not come except there come a falling away first. First. In 1982, I was taken to this passage of Scripture by the Holy Spirit. And God said to me, the falling away are churches falling away from Scripture. It's not church people leaving the churches. It's the churches leaving the Scripture. The Scripture was the restraint keeping Antichrist back. And as soon as it was changed by men, Antichrist could come in. Now, you're not going to tell me, surely, that the Catholic Church is set up by Scripture. If you are telling me that, you better look at the Bible. There's no such thing as Pope in the Bible. There's no such thing as Cardinals. There's no such thing as forbidding ministers to marry. As a matter of fact, Paul said ministers were free to marry. Peter was married. He had a mother in law. Jesus visited Peter's home, and the mother in law was sick. So we know Peter was married. Peter was also described himself as an elder in the church. In order to be an elder, the requirements were you had to be the husband of one wife and have children, multiple children, who demonstrated that they were under the control of the Father that they were godly children. Peter was married and had children. Paul chose not to marry, but the minister was free to marry, according to the Bible. These things have all been changed. The Catholics came along and added holy water. This is not in the Bible as a thing to, to drink or to cross yourself with. There's no such thing in the New Testament As crossing yourself, all these things were added by Antichrist to the church. They're all Antichrist. There's no such thing as calling any man reverend in the New Testament. The ministers are called apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers. It said after Jesus arose, after the crucifixion and resurrection, he gave gifts to the church. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's all been changed. Many churches completely eliminated apostles and prophets and made up a doctrine saying there are none. Well, of course there are apostles and prophets today. Ephesians chapter 4. Read that if you doubt it. If you can see, read that. Antichrist was coming through the churches and has come through the churches and is sitting in the churches today, perverting scripture, adding things to the church service, disobeying other scriptures, telling women, sure, you can go divorce and be remarried. When the Bible, first Corinthians seven, verses ten and eleven says a commandment of the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she departs from her husband, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. No, a woman can't divorce and remarry. Not according to scripture. All these perversions are brought in. Many churches bring in homosexuals today. Today as they are continuing to be homosexuals. It's one thing if they have seen the sin of being a homosexual from Romans chapter 1 and they renounce it. Fine, we accept them. But if they're continuing to practice homosexuality, that's a sin. We see that in the Bible, Romans chapter 1. These are God's rules, not mine, not yours, God's, set for us in the New Testament Bible. If you look at 2 Thessalonians 2 NASB, we read, Let no one in any way deceive you, for it, the day of the Lord, will not come unless the apostasy comes first. Now you can look up apostasy if you want to in a regular dictionary. I have done it before, and it says it's in the church. It's not in the governments of men. That apostasy was coming into the church. They were going to change doctrines away from the Bible. That's exactly what we're seeing today. And it says, and the man of lawlessness is revealed. He is revealed by the changing of doctrine the apostasy in the churches and he exalts himself above every so-called god or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of god displaying himself as being god for a great many years well, five years i attended uh, one of the faith movement churches word of faith with robert tilton as pastor in Dallas, just outside of Dallas. I loved it. I didn't see anything wrong with it. God gave me a dream which terrified me and then brought me out of that church and then he began teaching me. I said to our Bible teacher from that church, I said, I didn't know I was different from them and he said, Joan, you have never been like the people at this church. And I said, I haven't? He said, no. They talk about faith, but you live faith. You live it. Well, I did, because God had shown me to do the scriptures. When I heard something from the Spirit of God, to do that. Now, that's faith. Abraham heard from God. God spoke to Abraham and said, Get thee out of thy country and away from thy kindred, God said that to Abraham. Abraham believed it was God speaking to him, so he did it. And thus he's called the father of faith. He heard from God. See, the difference between the faith movement and this is in the faith movement, you are basically taught to hunt a scripture to justify what you want and stand on that scripture to get what you want. You're not taught to turn to God and ask Thy will be done. You were taught to find a scripture and stand on that scripture. You're not, The will of God never even enters into the picture. And yet, do you know how to get your prayers answered? If you pray according to the will of God, your prayers will be answered. 1 John chapter 5 tells us that. If we pray according to the will of God for our lives, our prayer will be answered. That is not what we were taught in the faith movement. We were taught, find a scripture to to justify what you want and stand on that scripture to get what you want. It doesn't work. But if it doesn't work, you're told you don't have enough faith. Your faith isn't strong enough. See, it's a catch-22. That's exactly what it is. Well, I didn't see that when I was in it. God brought me out of it and then taught it to me. Basically, the faith movement is a strong example of this Antichrist taking a seat in the church, in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God because when you hunt a scripture to get what you want, you become your own God. You're not serving God. You're not asking God for His will to be done. You are becoming as God. Now, why do you think there are so many people that go to the faith movement? Well, they want to be in control of everything themselves. That's exactly what the movement preaches. It describes it perfectly in Second Thessalonians chapter two, if you look at it. But there are many Antichrist: Catholic, Baptist, Presbyterian, Church of Christ, non-denominational, faith movement many antichrists out there at this moment, in many churches of that. After I was brought out of the faith movement by God, I thought I'd be put in another church group. I fully expected to be put in another church group. I tried through the past 40 years to find a church I could attend. When I tried to go there, all manner of things were spoken by the pastors of the churches. In one church, the pastor said, Hagar and Sarah were half-sisters. Well, I'd never read that before in the Bible. I thought maybe I'd overlooked it, and I called a church the next day, talked to the pastor, and I said, I just haven't seen that in the Bible. Where is it? I wasn't saying it wasn't in the Bible at that point in time. I was just asking him to show me where it was. He said, Well, I can't remember where it is. And I said to him, Well, it's very important to me to know this. Please look it up and find it in the Bible and tell your secretary and have her call me and tell me because it's very important to me. And he said, all right, it's not in the Bible. He was furious with me. He had lied in front of the church, and he showed no repentance, none whatsoever. He should have said, oh, I just made a mistake, I'm so sorry. But there was no repentance. I was devastated. This isn't the only time I've seen this. In another church, a non denominational church, on a Wednesday night the pastor was speaking to about two hundred people and I visited that church that night, and the pastor said When the woman taken in, adul- in adultery was brought before Jesus, she was naked from her waist up. I was shocked. That's not in the Bible. I know John chapter eight. I grabbed my Bible and reread it, and it's not there. I called him the next day. And I said, Pastor, I, where is that in the Bible that says the woman was naked from her waist up? And he said, I can't remember. Same thing exactly that that other minister had said. He said, I can't remember. And I said, well, it's very important to me. Would you please look it up and have your secretary call me and tell me? There was a moment of silence, and then the pastor yelled at me. He said, all right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Well, the point was I was trying to find one I could attend. Over and over I've seen this. Same thing. I went to one Assembly of God church in Clovis, New Mexico, where I lived, or rather Texaco, New Mexico, just outside of Clovis, anyway, I walked in the building, and there on the wall, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. There was a picture, a photograph, of that long-haired man in a long robe that many people use to represent Jesus. That is a graven image. There are 47 references in the Old Testament against graven images. God hates that. You're tricking your people if you have to look at a photograph and think to represent and make you feel godly you are not following Jesus in spirit and in truth you're not following God in spirit and in truth you are following God by your flesh if you have to look at something you can see with your natural eye that way to make you feel religious this is horrible I was devastated. I grieved for years and years over this and went through one thing after another like this, trying to find a church I could attend, hearing scriptures perverted, seeing them omit scriptures, seeing them approve things forbidden in the scripture, and teaching their congregations to do these abominations. In approximately 2016, God showed me clearly what I was seeing. He gave me one word, restraint, and I remembered it was in the NASB. And I knew what I had been seeing in the churches is the restraint of the scriptures had been removed and Antichrist had moved in not just to the ministry, but to the members of the congregation who didn't care about the scriptures. And they didn't mind if they removed the scriptures. It didn't mean anything to them. If their elders happened to be divorced, if their elders weren't even married, had no children, they didn't care. They didn't care about the rules set forth in the Bible. That didn't matter to them. That's what we see today. And that is Antichrist, and those people who don't care about the rules of the Bible, of the New Testament, are Antichrist. It's everywhere. Everywhere. As soon as God showed me that I was seeing Antichrist in the churches where I had been trying to find a place to go, I stopped grieving because Paul said it had to happen before Jesus could return, 2 Thessalonians 2. It had to happen. It was ordained by God that this was going to happen. I was certainly not going to be able to stop it. But I can warn you, and I can tell you that which God shared with me. NASB, start at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6. And you know what restrains Antichrist now, so that in his time he will be revealed. Well, I, I sat there with that, and I just heard the restraint had been removed from the churches. What is the restraint? Scripture. What is Scripture? Jesus. Jesus is the Word. So basically, they removed Jesus from the churches by changing the scriptures. And when that happened, the man of lawlessness, Antichrist, could move into the churches. Well, it was ordained by God. it had to happen before Jesus returned to take us out. Verse 7 says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, said Paul. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Who is he that restrains the lawlessness in the church? It's Jesus, the Word. Remove the Word, you've removed Jesus. And lawlessness can reign in that subject, such as divorce, remarriage. So that's what we're seeing and experiencing well, as soon as I saw that it had to be happened it had to happen at the end time it had to happen before Jesus could return so when god told me that in in 2016 i stopped grieving over the people in the churches i stopped grieving over the ministers who would not repent from the evil they were teaching because They are Antichrist. And it was ordained by God that it happened before Jesus returned. And when I understood, I could accept it. Not that I would go to them, to one of them. I wouldn't. But I understood what was happening. And that made all the difference in my life. After the great Tribulation, this present heaven and earth will be destroyed by God. Before that happens, the real church, the ones who love the scriptures and follow the scriptures and reject Antichrist and refuse to accept churches where they pervert scripture, those people will be taken out before the Great Tribulation. First Thessalonians chapter 4, start at verse 13. The Apostle Paul says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, concerning the dead, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus Will God bring with him? For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. In other words, we won't precede those who are already dead. The dead in Christ will rise before those left on the earth. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. With a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, we which, those who are alive on this earth, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, why in the air? Why will... All the dead in Christ rise and be with Jesus in the air. And those who are still living on the earth arise and be with Jesus in the air. Why would we be in the air? Because he's going to take us to the new heaven and the new earth. The present earth is going to be destroyed by God with fire and burned up. There will be nothing of what we see today. It won't even exist. It will be destroyed by God. That's what the Bible says. Listen to this. After the great tribulation, this present heaven and earth will be destroyed by God as we read in Second Peter chapter 3. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise And the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt, with fervent heat. This present heaven and earth will be destroyed after the great tribulation. It won't even be here. Therefore, we are taken to the new heaven and a new earth. Peter says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. The Apostle John saw the new heaven and the new earth. God revealed it to the Apostle John who wrote it so that we could see it. Revelation 21. John says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Why? Why would there be no more pain? We won't have these present human bodies. We will be changed out of these bodies in a twinkling of the eye. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We will be changed into the body, a body, a spiritual body, as it pleases God. Where it can't be corrupted, it can't decay, it can't have pain. So there will be no more death, neither sorrow, nor dying, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. Verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. You can look at all these scriptures by going to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. On the right-hand side of the page, you will see podcast. Look up this podcast. Click on it. You can hear this broadcast again if you want to, but you can see all the scriptures. The blog is named Jesus Ministries Exaltations. This is Joan Boney speaking, and I do want to thank you for letting me share these things that God has shown me and that are written in the Bible, for you have probably never heard these at your church group. Thank you.